0: Today on Wanna Be On Top, the hilarious Danny Francesi joins us to chat about the cycle six acting lessons that these contestants get you aren't going to want to miss this one. Danny has Maxwell and myself cracking up as we take a trip to 2006 with him. First, we discover what Danny was watching and we get his thoughts on Nick Cannon and Wild Out. Then Danny tells us how he'd walk through a party selling Cover Girl. And Danny tells us about being Italian and having the whole family run the block work don't go anywhere folks because this episode is going to be everything forever With me, Shea Coule, Are top model fans, born or made. Hey, I'm Shea Coule, and welcome to Wanna Be on Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hi, Maxwell. How's it going? I am doing well,
1: Shay. You know, I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok, and I am obsessed with Julia Fox right now. I am uncut gems. Well, actually, I'm not that obsessed. I'm confused. I'm obsessed with everyone's obsession with her. And the way she says uncut gems. Uncut gems? As a person with a vocal fry, I really don't think it's that serious, the way that she says uncut gems. And I don't know why everybody is really making it such a big deal.
0: Um... First of all, I'm just gonna call you out. I think you'd love it, and I think you live for people obsessing over her vocal fry. But not only is the fry was kind of weird, but it is the way that she's coming in with those vowels on uncut jams, you know? Uncut jams. Because it's like, yeah, you actually it's more effort to say uncut gems than to just say uncut gems, you know? Uncut gems. So, I mean, I definitely can understand where you would be obsessed with why everyone is obsessed with her. I also am obsessed with why everyone is obsessed, but it makes sense because she has been positioned um, in, in a place where a lot of me where a lot of media is circulating, you know, she got some yeah. custom outfits, some weird smoky eyes, some strange after hours party, quote unquote fashion photo shoots. So, you know, there's a lot
1: to Birkin bags um, and such as, yeah,
0: yeah, such well, as and such forth. I mean, she really worked. Her she she worked her hustle real good. She got um, a lot of like press out of it. She got some custom outfits of Birkin. So it's just like if she's ever in a day where it's just kind of like really rough, like I mean, that Birkin can definitely hold some cute market value. T.
1: Well, speaking of market value, let's talk about the marketable value of
0: Top Model because- The bankable value of Top Model. The bankable
1: value. Yes. So we are going to talk about episode five today, but let's talk about episode four just a little bit because we do have some drama to cover. You know, this is the episode where we finally leave Gina in the past- Gina is bullied relentlessly and then sent home. They bring Janice back this episode as well. And I just like want to talk to you a little bit about that. Were were you happy to see Janice? Did you think Janice was too mean to Gina? I...
0: uh, It's hard because Gina presented herself... um, well, now it sounds like I'm victim blaming, but uh, it, 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 Gina presented herself as an easy target. She, yeah. she has this quality about her that's like, I am... So unsure of myself that anybody who is any who's remotely predatory at all will definitely smell blood in the water when it comes to Gina and they're going to want to devour her. She's just she's just like that. You know, like when you think about about. like natural selection and like who is like a sweet little bunny rabbit and like who is like a cheetah like she is definitely a sweet little bunny rabbit and Janice Dickinson is a cheetah girl cheetah sister like it is you just know that she's gonna eat her up and so the only thing that would have saved Gina would have been being eliminated before meeting Janice Dickinson. That's
1: true. Well, and if we're going to talk Animal Kingdom, after the cheetah, then comes the lion, which is Jade, who also (laughs) had a lot to say and do to poor Gina. I mean, I couldn't help but watch though and think what a great real housewife Jade would make. Like the straight up, just the part when Gina was like, she's so mean to me. And Jade is like, when am I mean to you? I'm never mean to you. <laughs> and every all the girls are just sitting there eating their salad. Like, mm, we're not gonna say you're not mean to her, but Gina might be on to something, <laughs> you bully.
0: Right. And, and here's the thing, it's just like she's always going to challenge Gina. And like, you know, Gina's in in Jade has a level of delusion that we have come to love about her and like only sees herself in the most positive light. So naturally, Jade's going to be like, what do you mean? When have I ever been mean to you? So like Gina should have been ready to be like, oh, well, you know, the time where you came at me with the cockroach because I was afraid of cockroaches. Or maybe like the time that you came for me and saying that I didn't know who I was because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get on the pedestal of being like I represent all Asian women like there's so many opportunities where Jade really came for Gina but she wasn't ready like baby like there's like um there's always like moments I feel like we in storylines we always want the underdog or the person that's being picked on and and bullied to stand up to the bully like we love that I only love it when they are ready to stand up to the bully because when they give like a feeble attempt and then just get murdered even more, I'm like, girl, you should have just sat there and ate your food, you know? Because it, it just makes it even worse because I'm like now this bully like knows like, oh, you really don't even have the guts to stand up to me. So I'm just going to even like bully you even more. You know, I wish the girls would have had Gina's back and been in her corner a little bit more to be like, hey, Jade, lay off. But they weren't they weren't really doing that. And, and Gina just didn't have the strength to stand on her own and like stand up to Jade. Poor Gina. Well, let's
1: get into this episode five because the girls make a couple different stops to the Tyra Banks show. And I'm curious, did you watch the Tyra Banks show? I know, like, talk shows aren't really, like, our vibe, but it was a delightful type of chaos.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I live for chaos. However, um, when the Tyra show was airing, it was like on like the daytime, like early afternoon circuit. And so I was either at school or doing after school activities. And like, it's not like today where talk shows will then go and post episodes on YouTube. It's like either you t would it or you didn't. And I had to make a choice because my dad would only let me have like a certain amount of programs on the TiVo. And I chose America's Next Top Model
1: well and Top Model would have taken or Tyra's show would have taken up a lot because it's every day not once a week
0: yeah exactly so I really needed to just like focus on what was important in my life and that was Top Model
1: I understand. I also was not watching it, but I did watch the soup religiously and oh, I watched a lot of like yeah. recap
0: shows. Exactly. And the
1: Tyra Bank show was on all of those shows all the time. I was obsessed with VH One's best week ever. Yeah. Like that was such a good one. And Tyra was obviously quite a highlight on
0: that highlight reel show yeah show. no she was in constant rotation on all of those highlight reels shows and so i felt like i was still getting a chance to watch like the best and the highlight reels of the tyra show without having to actually tune in
1: i'll never forget one time joe McHale, um tyra and elmo did a sketch at like the <laughs> emmys or something and <laughs> joe McHale made a joke about how uh, Elmo dragged uh, Tyra, and so Tyra killed him and made her into a wig. And oh, he put the no. picture of Tyra yelling, Be quiet, Tiffany, with that red hair. And I was like, I never unsaw the fact that Tyra
0: may have <laughs> skinned Elmo <laughs> and made a wig or two with it. So, quiet, Tiffany. I'm, um, I'm trying to think if there was a favorite Tyra show. Um, highlight for me, I would say the the two biggest ones um, would be when she pretended to have rabies. Um, genuinely loved that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I st- and well, then I would I, say next would have to be the iconic interview with Naomi Campbell. Like those two are just like my favorite Tyra show moments.
1: I also really. I'm always tickled by the ones where she interviews people and goes through different letters of the alphabet when she did Beyonce oh, and she
0: was Beyonce like, Sleyonce Preyonce <laughs> <laughs> I think that's when Tyra I mean uh, Beyonce really stopped doing interviews. She was like, um people have way too much access to me and this has got to stop.
1: She did that with Miley Cyrus too and it was. <laughs> What like makes you spy- cry, Lee? Yeah, cry, Cyrus. <laughs> it was. It was literally like, Cry, Cyrus. When was
0: the last time you cried? Seance. If you could talk to anyone dead, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: Seance.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, oh, my gosh. Great moments. We're so eternally grateful to Tyra Banks for the um, amazing gift that she gave us with the Tyra show. I was no joke just yesterday in my kitchen um, singing to Shake Your Body, too. And I was just so like, we really let Tyra down. And I will continue to, to sing that until the cows come home. We really let Tyra down with Shake Your Body, we
1: should just make a bunch of TikToks with Shake Your Body. I mean, if yes. Uncut Gems can be... We could
0: get it trending on TikTok, then maybe like, we could finally get it like released on some sort of music streaming platform. I agree. Um, look, I'm actually going to go and try and figure out the logistics of how I can get um, Shake Your Body as a sound on TikTok so we can make it viral. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And um, when we come back, we are going to sit down with our special guest, Miss Mr. Danny Francesi and we're going to talk about this iconic episode of Cycle 6 of America's Next Top Model. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and Maxwell and I am super excited to get into today's episode because not only is the episode we're discussing completely iconic, but so is our guest. So let's give a warm, want to be on top? Welcome to the hilarious danny francesi hi danny yay hi did somebody did somebody call for a top i'm here yes me meatball was unavailable (laughs) so we said hey we need another power top up in this bitch how are you (laughs)
2: i'm doing so good i'm so happy to be here this is the funnest reason to get together with Uh, With you because I am so into this episode. Just
0: okay. First of all, yes. Like when I think of America's Next Top Model and like canon episodes that I feel really solidify how amazingly iconic this franchise is, this episode and this challenge specifically are like one of my top three.
2: Well, next to the starlet on the CW <laughs> like uh t- the acting lesson in this episode is
0: like by far the most cringiest um and I'm excited absolutely to talk about okay so Let's just get right into this. So on want to be on top, Danny. We love to get nostalgic with our guests. So I want you to please illustrate, paint the scene for us, because we want to know where was a young Danny in March 2006? What were you wearing? What were you doing? What were you listening to? Who were your celebrity crushes? We want to know it all.
2: 2006 was my first, like, like I guess it was my second year in L.A. So I was still kind of getting used to L.A. I lived on Melrose. Um, I uh, was occasionally wearing Ed Hardy. Nice. Because because Ed Hardy was on the corner of my street. And Christian Ogier was always, like, throwing clothes at me and stuff. So I was like, okay. Yes. So, like... <laughs> I had a faux hawk.
0: Hi, um, not love have a, a 2006 yes. faux hawk. That was all the rage. Yeah, I was gonna say there is a timestamp. I had a
2: faux hawk. I had a sidekick. Yes, for sure, because I had a sidekick from the from the time side, T-Mobile Sidekick was invented until an iPhone was invented. I had a sidekick, yes. and then like I um, didn't have a beard ever yet. Which is like such a major thing. I've always, (laughs) I always have a beard now, but I I like never had a beard before then. So it's like real young face Mm -hmm. Danny. And um, I was celibate.
0: Oh, wow. wow.
2: Which is weird. I know. I kind of had a really wild ass time in New York City working in clubs, like as a bouncer and promoter and everything else. And I was like, when I moved to LA, I'm doing clean slate. Like, I'm going to concentrate on just the craft of acting and I'm gonna like put boys on the side. Yes. And I was, so I was like, I was like, I was a different person for sure. And I was also, a little, I was also closeted. Like I wasn't telling many people that I was gay. If they asked, I would lie and
0: say I was straight. Oh, wow. that's And, and how old were you at this time? Um, so if uh, you were in clubs, you're at least 20. 21. Or were you one of those no, yeah, yeah Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Young, no.
2: 2006, I was like 27. 20, Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, I'm Get 43. Out bro. of here. You look great. Well, olive oil don't spoil. <laughs> I know, <all>
0: <laughs>
2: but why do you think dad bots are in? I finally. Yeah, she here, said you know? she's like, I am of the ripe
0: age to be somebody's father.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't honestly like. People think I'm ten years older, and so do I. So, ten years younger. Yeah. So no, I,
0: so. I legitimately thought I was just like, well, you were one of the ones in Mean Girls, definitely giving. I am actually in high school because that came out in 2004. Right. You know, I was always a late bloomer. I think
2: if really I would say that in my head, I was always ten years younger. What? Like, and I don't mean. I mean, just in, like, developmental stages. Even, like, puberty, like, I didn't have hair in my arms in, like, high school. Like, until, like, I was, like, a senior year. Like, I was so late in, like, developing and yeah. becoming who I was supposed to be. So I was young and new and a fresh newbie, like, on yes. the scene. So, yeah. That's why it was kind of easy for me to give youth. But now I'm a twisted, burnt, crusty,
0: angry artist. Oh, my God. the L.A. really you know. changed you, huh?
2: You came from New York. You're no. like, I'm doing a fully, like,
0: freshly slate. I'm going to be easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. And here you are now mm-hmm. later being like, I'm mm-hmm. burnt. I'm tired. I am an artist.
2: I, I don't say that I'm burnt, really. I mean, to be fair, I'm being funny. But, like, to be, to be truthful, I think that I was so wide-eyed and optimistic and energetic about everything mm-hmm. at that age Whereas now I'm I think I'm more settled and seasoned as opposed to like you know, you know what it's what it's because I burnt, burnt I actually thirsty. thought sun
0: exposure <laughs> I was like cuz <laughs> it's so right. much sunnier than in LA <laughs> <laughs> there's a drought but I'm
2: I'm I'm yes I'm Italian though and we get olive like we get brown She's like, like I get nice and brown just like, like roast. I don't burn
0: yeah you get like a nice like roast like a yeah. nice coffee bean versus like a burn mm-hmm. we love that Mm-hmm. You know, hey, um, well, as the Oddball Out is the only non-Italian here, I um, will definitely <laughs> support you both in your olive journeys. You look Sicilian. You look Sicilian. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know if that's me or Maxwell. <laughs> Could it be me? Is it the
2: wigs? Is that,
0: is that what yeah. makes me
1: look Sicilian, the pink wigs?
2: Mm. And, you know, I know what a... I know what a Kool-Aid is, but a kool we'd be like, I'm going to spank you on the kool
0: mm-hmm.
2: Like, if you would have said Kool-Aid to me at nine years old, I would have
0: giggled.
2: <laughs> <But> now, <laughs> I hope you still giggle now. I giggle a little inside. I get a little No.
0: Okay, so back in 2006, were you watching America's Next Top Model when it was on the air?
2: Absolutely. Um, American Idol, America's Next Top Model, The Starlet, I was on them. I was like, I loved those shows. And... It it was actually funny because, as you know, Hollywood is kind of like high Mm -hmm. school, like and I bet you you get this vibe, especially from the race, because it's like when the the new girls come up, you're like, if you don't know them, you're like, these bitches are going to be my friends. Like, it's Mm kind of weird. Like, whoever the casting director is literally choosing people that I will be friends with. And it was kind of that vibe for me when it came to America's Next Top Model and American Idol, because. They were the ones that were doing the Hollywood Watusi. They were out there at all of the same events mm-hmm. and things that I was doing. So every year at American Idol, I'd be like, who's the boys that I want to flirt with this year? Like, I'd be like, please let <laughs> I was like, come on, let a gay one, give me a gay one. Like, roll the dice. Yes. You know? Um, but, you know, alas, everybody was closeted on that show, too. You know, <laughs> except
0: for dear old Adam Lambert. Thank God for her. And a daughter, right. Delano.
2: Yes. A daughter. Right. Yeah, Adore Delano tried to be the... Yeah, Danny Noriega. Yeah. yeah, Tried to be closeted. When Danny tells that... uh, Adore tells that story about um, that Mm -hmm. time, they talk about how they had to grow their hair different and their mom made them, like, try to butch up and wear things that weren't them. It was a very
0: weird time in uh, Hollywood. And then she came full out and just, like, knocked us all dead on Drag Race. And she was like, hey, I'm here. Party. Exactly,
2: just showed up Oh
0: my goodness Now, okay, so also The Tyra Banks show Started airing at the end of 2005 And it was rumored That that is the reason why They kept the models um, in LA Starting in Cycle 4 To apparently make it easier For Tyra to do uh, both projects So during this time Were you also watching the Tyra show While um, America's Next Top Model was airing?
2: I watched some of the Tyra show. I kind of like, I definitely had my 90s, like Ricky Lake, Oprah, mm-hmm. um, like Geraldo yeah. moment, but I didn't, so talk shows were kind of like, eh. To me yeah. at this point, I was more into like this new version of reality that was yeah, popping out. absolutely. Like, you know, I, one thing that was weird is, remember when Janice, Janice Dickinson did her modeling Oh, her show, reality show? show, yeah. The Janice yes. Dickinson modeling agency? Where she had like a modeling agency? Well, the Jenna Stiggins and modeling industry, they just put that shit right in Hollywood and Highland. It was like a world of wonder such, like they were all there every day, like in and out. It was so weird. Hollywood is weird. Another weird thing, the Saddle Ranch on Sunset, everybody that was on the real world or road rules would come to LA and they all worked there together. Wow. So it was like, so. Tri- <laughs> it must have been so trippy for like super fans <laughs> to go to that kind of a restaurant. These, you know, these girls were everywhere. I didn't watch the Tyra show as much, although I was very excited for Tyra. As problematic as I think Tyra is, and as much as I think that Tyra is like a real, she's an incredible model and personality,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like she may not be able, like I don't see, unless they did some kind of crazy role, I don't ever see Tyra really trying to win an Oscar or even really thinking that that might be like a goal. Like she just yeah. wants, like this career that she has in entertainment, she likes to entertain and mm-hmm. be funny and silly, and that's not like something that she's trying yeah. to get. This, the the pocket that she's in, I love her in that pocket. Like I love her as life size with Lindsay Lohan. I love her as like g- give me her, a guest star in Moesha
0: or something. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't, no, know what she, okay. Like, I, lo- I love when she makes her little cameos on like Blackish as Dre's sister. Like it's it, Tyra yes, really. Right. You her are correct in saying that. Yeah, or insecure. She's she is in her pocket. I love. Tyra coming in doing these great little characters because that's very you know what she does because she's very goofy in that way, um, and I feel like you got a lot of that in in uh, her talk show. Like she also, didn't know whether she wanted to be like Oprah or Ashton Kutcher, you know, like <laughs> right. She just was like she was
2: like I'm gonna sit in this pocket and I'm gonna keep spreading my arms and legs as wide as I go and just seeing how mu- how, how much space I could occupy. Like and at this time it was really working for her on an accelerated rate. This is funny she was living in this apartment complex Tyra was. And this I can't remember the name of it. It's still there. It's across the street from like the Grove and Lindsay Lohan was living there with raven oh, yes. I, I Remember them that. talking about Big being roommates? Right yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she never lived there. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay never moved in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, this is how I this is how I know. I when I moved to after Mean Girls when I moved to LA, that's where I would that's where they lived. Wow. Right? So I saw Tyra one time with her entire family at, uh, which will only be described as her family, because I think if you took 13 of us, of my family, like the friends Zizi and the Carlos like my family, and put them all at a restaurant, you know that that's yeah. my family. Like, this was like 13 people that were clearly tyler's folks Mm -hmm. you know and they were and they were all at the grand Lux cafe just like kicking it up and i was like man i can't wait till one day i could take like all 13 of my people like and like go ahead and you know what i mean like i was like looking at i was watching tyra at the grand Lux cafe doing that so i had seen her around she she didn't feel like a peer or anything but she definitely was like adjacent to my world you know
0: i love this like concept of, like, Tyra just living in the same apartment complex as Raven Simonier and Lindsay Lohan. It just makes her feel just, like, so much more approachable, you know, so much more of a girlfriend, you know? And and that's what I love about that's Tyra. That's what I mean.
2: <laughs> Me too. I like, I like, she's a, she is that, and I think I give off that, and I think that it, uh to be a, a person who is approachable, yeah. like, a person who knows you or recognizes you can come up to you and say hello, mm-hmm. like, and you would get a good vibe like tyra always seemed as that i never really got to do that but she always seemed as that type of person for me so i felt like she felt she like you know i love her yes
0: all-american supermodel now let's get into this episode shall we because after the girls start to process gina's elimination they are sent off to the set of the tyra show to meet with tyra the next day um as we Gina, first of all, I want to just say just an audible mention to Gina. She never struck me
2: as it. She wasn't as the kids say was giving what needed to be given. <laughs> like I don't feel like she was ever like doing it for me. That was one from the beginning that I was like one of these filler queens. Yeah, like, it know? was
0: very. We we have very much so said that like from the beginning it was definitely apparent that like Gia's casting a uh, Gina. My apologies. Gina's casting was very much so there to just kind of create storyline because you know she just kind of seemed like this girl Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. out of her depth so they're like yeah let's just like amp that up so (laughs) so after gina gets eliminated um they have the girls over to the tyra show because you know tyra she loves to check in with the girls and she wants to check in and see how they're doing um in this stressful process of the modeling competition you know and while
2: yeah, she gives sorority mom, she gives sorority
0: mom a lot. And of so while she's mom. speaking with the models in a green room, you know, she begins to look exhausted, you know, she's kind of feeling faint and she's just like, you know, girls, like, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to feel weak in front of you, you know, and you can kind of tell that there's like some growing can concern. Can yeah. And then, you know, Tyra, she gets... You know, she she tries to brush it off in front of the girls and stand up and then fully just faints, passes out commercial break. Everyone is like, oh, my God, Tyra. You know, we're getting all the dramatic zoom ins and close ups specifically of Faranda, because (laughs) Faranda definitely is the one that is the most concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, Get her a pizza pizza. Right. (laughs) Something, yeah, a piece of pizza.
2: Like, that's like the most sustenance that these girls ever. They're like, she needs something really really valuable nutritionally gets us. sliced. you know honestly
0: like craft services at the Tyra show must have been amazing for them to even know that pizza was an option um because we have spoken (laughs) to these contestants and they're all like we never know when we're gonna get food so the simple fact that they knew that there was pizza let you know that they were like wow craft services at the Tyra show is awesome
1: they were probably so hungry they could smell I'm it across see- the lot they were like you no know
0: they could there they were like wow pizza <laughs> <laughs> there's pizza here <laughs> but in the same breath
2: in the same breath like i was um uh, at some kind of q and a at like ucla once and someone said what do you have do you have any advice for someone who's making short films and just starting out and they were like yeah don't serve pizza they were like, for some reason, like, people will take a sub, they'll take a burrito, but if you bring pizza, they kind of get, like, disappointed, and the crew starts They're talking like, oh, about you. Okay. So that might, be, that might not be the best crash service. Well, I'm,
0: no, I'm just saying that was better than probably what they were given, because I'm sure, you know, uh, the producers at Top oh, Model right here, were using right the uh, Yolanda method of giving four almonds that you chew um, really, really oh, well. No. So, okay, Tyra snaps out of it let's the models know that hey, hey, hey don't be concerned about me fainting i didn't actually faint like rebecca last season um sorry 2 seasons ago i was acting because this is we acting. are about to learn about acting <laughs> um we are about to learn about manipulation, <laughs> yeah, so. right? And I love to seeing all the shots of the girls. There is one specifically there's just <laughs> there's a shot of Sarah, where I feel like it is clicking in her mind that she just saw like, I think that this woman is a little bit sociopathic. Like there is this moment where like the girls are kind of like, We're glad that you're okay, but like Sarah seems definitely like, What the hell is that?
1: They um, all definitely seem a little prickled at this point. They are all sitting
0: there being like, that was not not funny. funny. Like, we've been on edge this entire time, and we're we're hungry ourselves, and they're probably sitting there being like, if Tyra Banks can just faint, and she's, like, one of the top supermodels of the world, probably no one's ever going to feed us in this career, ever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, when you faint, like, usually you faint for, like, a second She was like hardly breathing they couldn't right, like exactly. provide her right like, uh-huh. exactly like she let it go on for like uh, you know even like 10 seconds right, exactly. Like she was <laughs> out right <laughs> exactly
0: you're like uh she's like unconscious they were like
2: oh my god and they were sh- they were shook and then she's like oh my god are you okay and then Tyra has a very special moment just like making her feel better, you know? Like I was like, "Mm." yeah. that girl never got over that. They were all like, and then they were like, we're still being judged. So then Tyra's like, so today, what all y'all are gonna do, and like as she's talking to them, they're all sitting there with like these four smiles, like just trying to like, Catch those right
0: soul. <laughs> exactly. They're like, okay, so we just switched beats really fast here. We just went from somebody calling an ambulance to for today's oh, challenge. My house mother just I died. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gave and them then, a t shirt. Girl, okay, let's talk yes, about love bombing them. Love bombing them. Is with that t-shirts. even a love bomb to me? That was not when she was like, Okay, I have a gift for you guys, like Look, what was it? Was it like season one or season two where she gave them those little sterling silver like little necklaces that were so sweet? You know, it's season two. Yes. And then this season, she just gives them a T-shirt where their names are done in the same exact font and logo as the Tyra show itself. And then they have to put them on, like they don't even get the option of like accepting this and being like, "I'll do yeah. it later." They literally have to put them on and wear them when they go and do their little mini challenge to at, them, at ground lace.
2: <laughs> to remind them to shine from within, right <laughs> when they, when, right, right after a fake
0: death. Okay, so uh, so now that we brought it up, they 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 their challenge that is revealed to them. Is that they are going to be going off to groundlings to be doing improv lessons and wearing their uh, shine uniform pink tank tops all together. Um, also, shout out to to Jade for bringing out those very interesting white, um, like calf high buckle pointed toe kitten heel boots. That was that was a styling decision that. I find very polarizing. I don't know still if I love it or hate it, even with the context of it being 2005. I mean, I'm like, <coughs> whatever. I think with No, I think with the timestamp, it's okay. You know, I think, right. Honestly, thinking back yes. that it's
1: 2005, I'm like, oh, those are a moment. Those yeah, definitely it was a
0: moment because people really were tucking their jeans into their calf high boots back and then, and just be like. Or right now. be a riding boot. <laughs> <laughs> or now, yes. <laughs> on I vacation, mean, that's my styling <laughs> choice, always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait. Uh, Danny, have you um, been to the Groundlings?
2: Yes. Um, so I actually played a character like this on the Vivian Takes uh-huh. Hollywood. Like when Vivian's like, I take her, t- I do, I play that character. That's kind of like, now show me this emotion mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, like, I, I actually, I'm a UCB uh-huh. guy, which is the Upright Citizens Brigade. So, like, that's where I did my training and I've done all the improv stuff. I mean, I've worked at every theater and I've done things with every theater. But, uh, yeah, I it's actually funny because even as a person who loves comedy and improv, those exercises are super cringy. They're meant to make you be completely uncomfortable and step (laughs) completely outside of your skin and feeling comfortability. Like, but to watch it in the context of knowing that just an hour hour ago, some of these girls were crying, (laughs) thinking that their mentor died, and now they're in there and they're they're meant to, you know, and one of the suggestions is be Janice Dickinson and they're all acting drunk on the floor. There's so many different (laughs) levels of shade going on. That was iconic. Speaking of shade, we are totally skipping over the fact that Jade is trying to fuck up Nana's game. By like telling her, by doing, tell him this, and literally writing on post its, and the, and, the epi- <laughs> and the episode is about acting, and then it's like you, I need to know, I trust you, <laughs> like the worst acting ever, reading lines,
0: like. <laughs> like bitch it's still a challenge like get it together I know and it's just like okay so in this in this uh groundlings um exercise now that we're talking about the Janice Dickinson um impersonations <laughs> who do you think was the best I mean do you think Feranda falling on I the thought- floor was um <laughs> foreshadowing to Janice Dickinson falling down the stairs in like Holland's top model do you think she knew <laughs>
2: I think that for, I think that Feranda, even though she may not have the training, has all the she gifts. She really does. Like, she she really does, and I think that like that's to me when I'm talent scouting for whatever reason, like I think that that is like the thing you got to look for because you could teach someone all the training you want, and you know there's a lot of people out there who make it to being really famous who have tons of technique and training but no raw talent. Mm-hmm. And then there's tons of people who have all this raw talent, but then never refined it, you know? So she's young. She's got that thing. The fact that she's not afraid in an improv thing to throw herself on a floor or not not afraid to make a move or or smile. Like she was, she's gotten me in a few challenges that way. And that's what
0: I do love about Feranda is like, she just has this kind of like childlike uh uh like abandoned she will absolutely throw herself into whatever she's doing i mean you saw it in the casting episode when she was just like yes i was a, a sex phone operator these are all my different characters when she was wearing different wigs and casting you're like this girl has a lot of personality and she obviously loves to play um some characters so i i mean for me going into knowing what the um uh uh main challenge would be um, I'm using so much drag race jargon, but like, what, what would you, yeah, it's just going to be their main challenge. That's what we're going to call it. I just was already just saying, I always say America's Next Top,
2: America's Next Top. Model walked, so RuPaul's Drag Race could Yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> like, oh, because... And, <laughs> and I love it because there is actually a RuPaul reference in this season, too, when they're doing their uh, little spinning, twirling runway demo. They're, the Tyra male is like, can you sashay Shantae? And the girls were all like, only one girl got the reference. That was Lisa. And Leslie. She was just, oh, Leslie, sorry. <laughs> only one girl. And she's just all like, "Uh, isn't that a RuPaul saying? Are we gonna be doing drag? And I was like, I low-key wish that they would have. That would've been hot.
2: Later. Yeah, they brought up drag queens, too, because they said that Jade—we I mean, were jumping around, but they said Jade's cover girl, read was too draggy. Oh, which,
0: you know, we'll get into that later. Let's actually take a quick break, mm. and then when we come back, ah! we are going to keep talking about Wildin' Out and this main challenge with Danny Francese. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and we are chatting with Mr. Danny Francesi about this day of acting and improv. After the improv lessons, the models get to put those improv skills to the test when they are sent to Nick Cannon's Wildin' Out. Then the models were put up against each other to play improv games. So, did you watch Wild Out? Or do you watch Wild Out? Because Wild N' Out is still going strong. I think they're, like, about... They're, they're like, right up there with, like, American Idol. Really?
2: I like yeah. yeah. I like Wild N' Out.
0: But. They're, like, literally about... I think the new season... Uh, wait, when is this episode? The new season of Wild N' Out, like, just started. I'm looking into this. I believe you. Did you watch it, though, Danny? I had a lot of... Fr- I had
2: friends on it. You know, I knew people on it. I knew, like, uh, Knickknack. There There's a couple of people I knew that were on that show. And I had made a movie, this one movie that never came out, had a bunch of them. But like, um, uh, did I watch it regularly? Not, nah, not so much. But I did love it. I did like it when I caught it. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that I, I watched regularly. Sixteen seasons of out,
1: and out. Okay, my is guess still is about act- to
0: be twenty. But yeah, actively know. airing. You are. I would have. Car- I, I, I did believed it.
1: you, but that's crazy. More
0: seasons than Keeping Up with the Kardashians.
1: That's not true. That's they have twenty.
0: Shit, really? Mm-hmm. Wait, how many seasons are there? Well, oh wait, they were on the, they were on for 10 years. Yes. Yes, yes. So 20 seasons in 10 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is so much. You know what's crazy? Well, that's is why we know so much.
2: <laughs> I've also never I, I never watched Kardashians and I've never seen The Housewives. Anything. And and that's not shade, because I know I would love both of them. But now when I think, because I haven't seen it, of the collective amount of hours that are in all of the Housewives franchises (laughs) and all of the um, Kardashian and spin-off franchises and how much time I didn't spend doing that, and who knows what I was doing, but it was something probably better than watching TV. I'm like, oh, damn.
0: Well, I will say I I came into, I really started watching um, Kardashians early on. Um, I came into Real Housewives about six years ago. So I'm just letting you know it's taken me about six years to work through the backlogs of seasons and current seasons and introduce myself to, like, different franchises. It's well, but I feel like, all in all, Housewives is way more than Kardashians or, or Drag Race or a Top Model. That is a lot of, like, different locations and seasons and things like that. So I dated a guy like, who
2: worked for one of the Housewives. And uh-huh. so I was like, well, let's now now I need to watch this because we need to know about your boss. Like, do you know anything? And he was like, no, I don't know anything. I'm like, let's watch it. So I started yeah. from the very first season of the, of her season. And I started loving it so much. But he was like, honestly, I can't deal with this woman all day at work and then come back and have to like watch videos of her. He's like, we have to stop this. And I was like, that makes sense. So I never do. I never <laughs> continued. But what I did see, I was hooked. They got me, gal. I was like, I'm watching it. I'm in. Oh, you,
0: yeah, it is as
1: a gay on the internet, you should watch New York because when I watched all of New York, like all <laughs> the memes that came out of the woodwork that I had no idea were from that show, I was and like, then you get the context "Wow, and you're like,
0: wow." Yeah,
1: I mean, and some <laughs> of it is like deep in my v- vernacular and how I talk, and it. I was like, I had no idea that this came from Mor- Sonia Morgan. Like <laughs> the fact that I say that have been saying this for years is Countess Luann. Like, yes, it's amazing. Okay, well.
0: Back to the world of top model. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time we derailed into Housewives, like, you know, I could treat us all to coffee right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, in, 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 in the context of the wiling out challenge, who do you feel uh, performed the best? Do you agree with our challenge winner, who was Feranda? Yeah,
2: again, I I say I, I'm Feranda forever. I'm so into her. Like she really like has this oh energy. about I hope her. someone
0: has that tattooed on them. Feranda <laughs> forever. I hope she got. I hope she got someone to fall so deeply in love with her that they tattooed Feranda forever. It on might them.
2: be me. It might be me after this.
0: Because <laughs> honestly, like I was remembering,
2: like rewatching this, like especially like her charm and everything. Like I remember loving her the first time, and she just has she had because she's like where she's from Arkansas, right? Is, uh-huh. Am I right? Yeah. She's got like this mm-hmm. like energy that's just like pure, that's like, I'll try anything, you know? Like, and you're like, yeah, oh. you're like a little baby, you want to take care of her, but she's also very fun on her own. And I love that yeah. kind of thing about somebody, you know? Uh, like, and then um, also,
0: poor Jade. And I like, I, I no, like, poor Jade, I I no, know, poor Jade. I say poor Jade because I'm like, she did not. Understand the assignment at all. She did, even when they were doing the question thing, and then she would like go in and just make a statement. They're like, that is not a question, Jane. She's like, what? What? What And I'm like, and like the the, the way that she went so mean with it, like, yeah. to, To me, I feel like the people that really go for the jugular. Like, yes, it's always like awkward, but for me, it's more awkward for them because they don't understand the way shady comedy works. They don't understand punchlines. They just think that they insult you, and that's where the joke is.
2: Unintelligent and mean.
0: Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was like, yo, poor Jade in that situation, because she really just bombed so, so, so hard. And then also, you know, Molly Sue, who's being told by the judges that she's not really showing her personality excelling in this challenge. It's just like, you know, you're sitting here wondering, okay, is this going to be the episode where Molly Sue really shines through and then finally provides what the judges have been looking for? But I mean, you know, from, you know,
2: you know, from someone who's played uh, this game, a game, you know, like this, it's mm-hmm. that it's like and it's a contest and you're getting no sleep. Your your mind is constantly racing. You're having lucid dreams that you're still doing it while you're not doing it. Like, right. You know, so like these these girls are also under a lot of pressure. And so and in these the, girls in also instance, we're
1: never not doing it.
2: Yeah, they were always on camera.
1: That's, like that's something what I mean. Yeah.
2: Them. Oh, that's true, too. They mm-hmm. had no downtime. It was like just like, boom, we're going to get you at home, too. You know, we're going to watch you sleep. We're going to watch you on the phone. Like, we're going to watch, you know, and it's just like, (laughs) like, it's a lot. The mental health of that is crazy. And you don't want to quit because, you know, you're being run ragged, but you don't feel like yourself, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, but. Man, you know, when people start talking about themselves the way Jade talks about ourselves in her talking heads, where she's constantly like, Jade, don't feel that or whatever. She's got that energy of like, she's uh-huh, so so uh-huh. centered you know, I don't know if she talked about herself in the third she, person, but she definitely, if she would, it wouldn't surprise me because she's got that kind of energy where it's like, yeah, where it's like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. And, and I know you have to have tunnel vision <laughs> in a contest, but she'll do anything to break these girls down. She don't care about Nana right now. Like her side game must be talked about right now outside of the challenge because her side game is affecting everything it's actually it almost behooves her knowing that she won't be one of the ones that are picked off this early in the game mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she knows that it's it's almost better for her strategy wise which is maybe why subconsciously she did it to be mean to these girls and point out like yo you got to whatever bumpy face you got a this and that shit that uh-huh. she was saying that you're like, what the f-? And then, honestly, because I forgot, because I was checking in just on this episode, okay? So it was even more of a shock to find out that her bed is right next to her. And she was right saying next that to, to her. It's right uh-huh. next to her like, and you roommate saying that shit to her, you know? But <laughs> yeah. then, you're going right after the one, your, not even your roommate, like, reach over and touch someone, like, you know, like, that close. And yes. it's like, it's just like, it's just like, when you have that, you're targeting, is what you're doing. And she's targeting Feranda, mm-hmm. She's like hating every girl right now.
0: Hate is her mm-hmm. hater hate is her motivator. Yeah, and it, and it, it, for me, I think why there is some sympathy there, there for Jade is because it's clear that it's coming from like a a place of like some deep seated insecurities, and she's yeah. not even aware of it. You know, she's young and like can't really I feel know like there's this on, yeah. there's this like piece of Jade who genuinely actually has herself convinced that she's giving these girls sage advice.
2: The energy that she perceives to want to be perceived as is the great mm-hmm. space. So yeah. like I hope she made it there one day, but like <laughs> yes. she was not she was no, she was like parking lot adjacent. Walk two blocks yeah. to the venue, like not <laughs> right. really there. Not like, quite not, there. <laughs> not quite there. Like you were on the map, but like because she's like, I'm like, a person who's like a piece of, my favorite is when she's like i'll go as your date when the girl when she won the oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when feranda like, won
0: after she completely yeah. trashed her complexion she's like i'm, she's like, I'm oh. your roommate what, what about me like you know the but fact she was, that she really uh, thought that she would get the invite too i'm like that to me just like speaks to like a level and, of and just then like, i have
2: to say it i'm jumping ahead a little bit but when she gets in the hot tub and then all the girls get out of the hot tub like
0: oh. they're all like
2: what a night and they're all in the hot tub and then Jade walks in and they all just go fuck it. They all get like,
0: out you know what? Uh, actually it's time to go to bed. I think I'm just gonna <laughs> call it ladies. <laughs> you this know? was a good this was a great steam, gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. <laughs> all right, all right, so wait, let's get into this commercial cover girl oh iconic cover girl commercial challenge, okay? Because uh It was an easy or breezy. It was not easy or breezy. You know, so, okay, after all these improv lessons, you know, the models are having the skills that they've learned, tested in this CoverGirl commercial. Mike Rosenthal shoots the commercial, and he's also the guest judge on this week's episode. And Mr. J tells the models that the commercial will be improvised, except for two lines that they have to say at the end. Each model only gets two takes to nail the shot, so... Let's get into them, because uh, the first call of the week, who we've all been loving, is our forever for Uh, What do we think about Ferranda? I loved, because here's the thing. This is what I feel like most girls did not understand about the assignment, and this is what I feel like Ferranda understood about the assignment. Just because they're telling you to improvise doesn't mean that you should be going into the challenge empty-headed with nothing, no kind of storyline, no kind of thing worked out. I think that that's what some of the girls thought, because even in their improv lessons, there was some prompt there, you know, so... Immediately, Ferranda kills him with that line that's just like, parties can be so unpredictable, but your makeup doesn't have to be. I was like, period, period, run that right now. I said, that is like a yeah. cover girl quote boots. She understood. And <laughs> yeah. you know, Feronda was yeah. back there preparing, like, right. what would be something that I would say in this situation so I can deliver. And like, that's why it was that's successful a- because she like already knew the prompt and place that she wanted to take it. I yeah, mean, she's so good,
2: Forever Feranda. <laughs> like, honestly, she won my heart. This is like an, uh, one of her, the, her winning episodes. This is a Feranda episode. Like, and, Same. and and this is like, if you are a Feranda fan, you know this episode down because, like, she really did bring it um, in that moment. Uh, side note: I filmed a movie at that house that they're filming at, in, in that big mansion. Um, in the that in, big
0: staircase. And did I, you recreate this challenge?
2: No, but I have a stunt double that jumps into the pool like uh that was supposed
0: to be a <laughs> I, was like, I thought you were about to be like no, but I had a stunt double who did. <laughs> Parties are so unpredictable, but your makeup doesn't have to be. <laughs> um I some of these were so cringy,
2: some of these were so funny. Um I, I don't, so for Rhonda came in, I thought it was so cute the way she did it, and they really were great showing her. First of all, can I say that Mr. J can get it? Like, he's so, there's something about Mr. J. I oh, yeah. am like, oh. Mr. J
0: is all, I think Mr. Mr. J, J has J always is been there like to be everyone's worst,
2: forever crush. The first king I always wanted. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's just like giving it all. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Like,
0: yeah, you know same. I, mean? I definitely like season one when he first dyed his hair silver at the very end when they're mm-hmm. doing the like new diamonds photo shoot. That was like the first time the silver hair popped up, <laughs> and I remember I was like at the tender age of like fourteen or something. And I was like, wait a second, yeah. I said that's we re- we don't give
1: uh, Mr. J's sex appeal
2: enough appreciation on this no, podcast. No, so we real really don't. Yeah, so thanks totally for bringing it. that up. Yeah, because he totally turned on the heater and I heard a rumble in the basement. You know what I mean? I was like, boom. boom, boom. Was like, oh, that hasn't been <laughs> out in a minute. That one hasn't been out in a minute. You know? You're like, yes. <laughs> like,
0: Your like Ooh, big ups <laughs>
2: from my big ups. Um, and so, but then, um, and, uh, and not to objectify, very intelligent man. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. But I like. Also, uh, very brilliant. Yes. Also, <laughs> love the mind. Um, no, but uh, so much fun also to Kiki with them backstage. I love when they show his comments or his facial expressions when the girls mess <laughs> up and his little side. Of, like, because as a person who is artistic in the industry as we are, like you, you feel like you're in the room. You feel like you're in Video Village. He, they give you a nice oh, a peek in to like them gagging at some of the things the girls do, good or bad.
0: You yes. know, and
2: and I like that because I feel like some of that stuff in reality competitions is glossed over and made into something scripted, whereas like mm-hmm. they give you like his real impression, like this bitch is fucking up or whatever, like when yeah you know, um, I was it I forget her name, but uh, the uh, with the short pixie cut um, uh, Molly, she, Sue. Molly Sue Molly Sue I knew it was Molly Sue yeah she's the one who is kind of aggressive she you know like when it, yeah when it comes no, to, long long to say, lesson. yeah long dermatologist
0: so, tested. it. Like,
2: it's like she's like a, a eighth grader telling like a sixth grader she's like yeah so if you want to cover, yeah. you want to cover that zit with this like mm. just kind of like being mean mm-hmm. almost like scary i'm like okay i'll buy it you know I mean? <laughs> okay i'll
0: take the cover girl basically she's cover your
2: back girl like and coming after me. to right like, <laughs> like okay I'll, I'll get a new skin treatment leave me alone
0: I know, which is like I feel like ultimately was like so um, unfortunate because Molly had performed, Molly Sue had performed so well um, in both the improv and the wild and out challenge, and then like when the moment came to apply them, you know, she definitely choked, Um, as well as some of the other girls. Like okay, for instance, like Sarah, who I didn't really didn't have high hopes for. She did she did okay with the dialogue portion of the improv, but the thing that she did not consider and got read for was, you know, right before she goes up the stairs, the actor comes with the tray of drinks and she grabs her little umbrella cocktail beverage, but then is holding it like above <laughs> the, the product at right. the end. And I was just all like, Ooh, I was like, they set you up, girl. They gave you that prop. And she's like, sure, I'll go with it. And then gets to the end and you can tell she's like, shit, what do I do with it? You know, <laughs> like I was like, damn, but bless her
2: heart. I think, What would you do with us? I was thinking just now, I was kind of going off, like, what would I do when they came? Because that is a trap. They're like, maybe they'll take the drink, maybe they won't. The
0: thing, the, the, the thing that she should have done is when she picked up the CoverGirl foundation at the end would be to set the drink on the tray that it was so he takes it out of frame.
2: Uh, That's see. what I
0: would have done. Because or, I'd have been like, okay, I picked it up from a tray. I'm going to grab the makeup. I'm going to set it on the tray with the makeup regardless because he's going to pull it out, uh, you know. So... Or I would be hoping that he would be pulling it out. If he's offering it to me and going to disappear the same way that the guy did when he gave me the drink, I'm hoping it's going to be choreography like that. That's what I would have at least tried. And if we're going to be doing improv, he needs to be my partner and he needs to say yes and and let me put my drink on that tray so I could deliver these lines.
2: (laughs) I would have given it a silent like these drinks are beautiful. Great job. Go serve them. You know, like, yeah, like it was my party. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, uh, excellent. Uh, exactly
0: what I asked for now. Go have fun. Yes. You know, like thank you. They look thirsty over there. Uh, wow. Yeah. Parties are so unpredictable. But your man Shef- doesn't have to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Italian chef's kiss. Like, you know. Um, like.
1: Okay. Didn't but- Danielle have a really good cover girl line too?
0: Oh yes, uh, uh, something. But, but she like had lost her breath coming up the stairs. But she's just like I was just gonna say uh, that though. That's a lot of stairs. Something on your stairs. face. It was a lot of stairs, and they like shade. Start talking. Yeah, that,
2: I mean that's a lot. It's a hard shot to go upstairs <laughs> and in a continuous one frame shot, and then catch Ooh. your breath
0: and deliver lines. Right, and then there's people in front of you at the top of the stairs that you have to maneuver through, and they're all like, Nino, why did you just push past them? She they, always like, no, they always got something going on. In my way. They always <laughs> got something going on.
2: They're always making them put a roach on their shoulder or something. It's like sorry. Right. It's like. <laughs> I still like, just
0: live for uh, Joni's delivery, picking up the cover girl. She's like, you know, just trying to make through the day. <laughs> cover girl. Look, every time, I think about every, all the time, you know, just trying to make it through the day. I love parties in Los Angeles. Right? I love parties in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Just trying to make it through the day. I was like, great. Um, Okay, so let's just talk about the one that needs to be talked about the most the <laughs> one that we all remember and <laughs> love the most miss jade oh no um huh. the the first take i live because you know they did say improvise they didn't say that she had to speak they didn't they just said <laughs> improvise and then when you get to this spot deliver these lines and i just love that for her her improvising was like oh yeah i'm just going to soak up in this party and she's just mm, ah, mm, ah, ah. and like the thing that's so funny to me is like in her in her mind See, this that is the thing. Dead air, that dead silence didn't even register as something that would be uncomfortable because she was just enjoying the fantasy. She didn't, this is an improv term. She
2: didn't get the game of the scene. Like, and that is exactly yeah. what was wrong with her at the Groundlings. <laughs> and the thing, you know, because she had no game. She didn't understand that the game mm-hmm. was to be clever and funny and witty about your diss instead yeah. of it being something that mm-hmm. was painful or rude or you know, whatever. Um, and then now here she is in this situation going through the same thing. She's not getting that the game is to fill the space really quick, you know, uh-huh. make it look fun, and then deliver, uh, sell us this product and show us that you're a cover girl, you know? And the attitude, even the improvised positions weren't things that were the attitude of a cover girl. She took one sip and put it back on the
0: tray. Oh my gosh, Like it just, you, I There mean... was just
2: weird things that I was like, uh, you know, like, she, you know she was rude a little bit to the guests <laughs> I felt like you know like um,
0: at some no, point- I think I felt like she was engaging in the guests it was cute because she was giving them like oh hey girl hi as if I mean, maybe not just like regular guests, more so like adoring fans. But I loved the way that she, as she was there like ascending up the staircase, turned <laughs> to look at all the people below her and like greet them, like as if she was like Juliet or or or. <laughs> I couldn't put um, my finger
2: on it. You said it right, adoring fans. She was like, <laughs> she was treating everyone like the public. Like she was like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And I live, look, I'm just like, because I want to peek inside Jade's world. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the world in which she lives, like, the universe that she is operating in, I know is the fiercest in her mind and I want to experience exactly what it is that Jade is experiencing because you know that she's having a party you know that she's having a great time with herself and I just want to I just want to be a part of that the thing is is her game is so strong with Nena, like she's still she her
2: game is so strong trying <laughs> to mess this girl's life up like, I don't think she's being a good friend with her advice. Like, like I don't think that, you know, she needs to say, like, you need to get him out of your head and keep your head in the game. Like, instead yeah. she's like, now tell him this and tell him that. Yeah. And then in her talking heads, it's so uh, revealing that she's like, love could get you. It could really mess with your head. Like,
0: And then cut right. two.
2: she's like, tell him this,
0: tell him that. I, right. So she's, she's like, I got, don't have time for these distractions myself. She has the you ability. know, because I'm focused on being a... A top model, so I can't be bothered with that. She has but
2: a, she has the ability to run a game, is what I'm saying, and she can't get mm-hmm. it when it's professional. She gets it on. Yeah, the, she doesn't per- know how to
0: translate those skills into mm-hmm. the job at hand. Yes, you know. But I still live. Yeah, some, she is still, dynamic. She's dynamic. This the, the I takes, come on, because look, regardless of the fact, whether it was bad or not, you cannot deny that Mr. J was still entertained. Yeah. Jay Manuel was still entertained by it. Well, to be know? truthful,
2: to be truthful, if they muted some of the things she said and put music behind it and sped it up like they did in some of the takes, like it would have looked right. And correct. And yeah. she even said, You guys use my worst take, which I thought she's a little bit of like a victimized crybaby moment. Like like But
0: I love that <laughs> vulnerability too, because I feel like I she's know, yeah, always yeah. up here saving face for them. And then you see she they cracked her. I think that's the first time that you see Jade like really crack because she was like,
2: But she wasn't uh, she wasn't lying though, because you would edit out that part where she's like, uh you just edit that out. Was it all? Yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to all be in one take, right? And if it is, you could even speed yeah. that piece up or something. Like, exactly. So, so to me, it was like they did her dirty by showing that. I think they wanted to communicate a lesson to her so she'd grow, which, uh-huh. you know, you know, which is a positive thing. But I guess it's hard to see in those kind of circumstances, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're being alienated for being such a, <laughs> such a, <ruthless laughs> right? Especially bitch. when you
0: get in the hot, hot tub and everyone gets out and they're like, yeah. bye. Yeah. <laughs> see
2: you, know. you later.
0: So ultimately, after the challenge, we find both Jade and Molly Sue in the bottom two. Mm -hmm. And and what at the time felt like a shocking elimination to some of us, Molly Sue was ultimately sent home. Um, Do you feel like it was Molly Sue's time to go? Um, Even though she technically did well in the challenges at hand, minus the last seat, that's what slipped her up. Like, had she been able to carry it through, I don't think they would have had a reason to send her home because she otherwise would have been delivering on the challenge at hand, which was like, you know, showcasing her personality. But she really did kind of like drop it at the end there.
2: I mean, it was rough at the end. I was like, I actually I was like getting a little scared. And I don't mean that like, in a, like <laughs> like when she, I said it was aggressive. It was like, she was trying to like sell me makeup in the subway and I was like, what's actually gonna happen in five <laughs> yeah. minutes? But like something in five minutes is gonna happen right now and it's not gonna be good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like she could have pulled, like, like, with the way she talked about it, she could have like thrown it at my head. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. That's a big fail, like, because I felt that kind of like, Ugh, like, energy from it. So, it was a fail to me. And she also kind of was really weak in the uh, improv challenge. Didn't want to participate. Hung back. Didn't want to like. Was afraid to like try. You know, to even try. And that's all they showed us. Imagine the whole time that they were there. Whatever they were there for, two, three hours, and like how mm-hmm. if she the whole time was not participating like that. Cause they didn't show anything of her breaking out of her shell or anything. like so I feel like the whole time she was probably a dud and it's probably yeah. like it's probably like you're cutting yourself kind of.
0: But we saw we saw her doing well on Wild and out because Nick had some really great uh, positive things to say about Molly Sue because you know in in like those performances there, it seemed like he was, at least in the edit, it felt for me like they were placing her against Ferranda. It was not enough to, to like,
2: hang her hat on. It was not enough to hang no. her hat on because it was like she, she had already showed us that, you know, the, the, and then we're like, well, if, you if she, if she would have come out of the gate and gave us what Ferranda gave us in the cover girl challenge, then yes, that would have been yeah. enough. You would apply that mm. to that. But if that's the only thing we're trying to hang a hat on, it's like, you gotta take your hat and get up. To
0: you. So and and exactly, it wasn't enough to keep her in the model house. So it was ultimately Molly Sue that was eliminated this episode, um, leaving a, a hole in the house for some of the girls because she was close friends with a lot of them. But we get to have another week with our icon and biracial butterfly, Jade. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to chat with Danny Moore about all the things that he's been working on. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with the legendary Danny Francesi. Now, the world met you through your perfect portrayal of Damien in the hit Mean Girls, but we've gotten to know you through your time on Looking, your guest visits on Drag Race, and of course the House of Glenn Coco. So let's get into the history of Mr. <laughs> Francesi. Now when was it that you first realized that you wanted to be an actor, that you wanted to be on screen?
2: I've been like an entertainer since like birth. Like my, um, I, I had a very unique upbringing because my grandfather had told brothers that all lived on the same wow. street and on the same block in Brooklyn. And then when my parents got married. My dad's family moved there too. So it was like you wow. the whole block. So if when I was little and I learned like the ABCs or something, I would do like the coffee table circuit I'd mm-hmm. hit everybody's house. Like, you know, and I was always like a yeah. little jester, <laughs> you know? So like I've, I didn't really know
0: anything about this, so. I, live. I love that your family had like a monopoly on the block. Like, you know, that's the way to do it.
1: Did the mail get mixed up a lot?
0: Yeah. Did your
2: guys' mail get? (laughs) Uh, Probably, yeah. I never asked that, but probably. But you know what? Who better to deliver your missing mail than your family? Exactly. Exactly. And we had Uncle Vinny who would go to everybody's house and eat dinner.
0: Damn. Uncle <laughs> yeah. Vinny had a hollow leg. So he probably would Jeez. have brought the
2: mail. <laughs> yeah, he knew, he knew where to go. He knew where to go. He knew what time everyone started. Oh, you I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <there> we, <laughs> I like
0: Uncle Vinny's style. I'm like, I mean, I low-key live. Uncle <laughs> Vinny sounds like my drag daughter, Chloe Coulet. For real Yeah (laughs) always showing up Yeah Like anytime there's some food around Chloe always shows up She's like hey what's up Y'all eating what's going on I
2: mean I'm not mad at that No I'm
0: like it's smart And I'm like I mean I can't say no To that cute little face I'm sure (laughs) y'all couldn't say no To Uncle Vinny either
2: No and that's why a lot of my comedy Is derivative of my family Like my stand up uh, Is all about my family Usually most of it um, I have a character that I do on Shit Italian Say called Antoinette and I have all these ca- things I do with her and I have more things coming up with Antoinette in the future and it's like all from a derivative of the ladies in my family you know and I have other things too that I'm working on that are all centered around has. that stuff
0: okay so besides performing um, in front of your family doing your coffee table circuit when was the first time that you uh, performed in front of a live audience uh
2: I did. I did a theater camp when I was in second grade, and I did a commercial when I was nice. in second grade. Nice. What kind yeah. of commercial? Yeah, I had a. I did a car Ooh. commercial for a toy called Majorette. <laughs> it was the little car with the big
0: blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes.
2: <laughs> I. It's like open up the car, put a cap under the hood, and push it towards something solid, and watch it blast. The car breaks. The hood and doors pop open, and then. Instant Repair, Turboom by Majorette, the little car with the big Wow, wow. okay, so
0: uh, um, uh, for a second grader, you really had them lines down,
2: the delivery. I mean, I watched it a million times over and over again. It was like the thing I did. It was too stressful for my parents, and my parents were like, no, we can't do this. They were like, you should, you'll should. you do this when you're 18. They're like, but we'll support you in like training and classes and things until then, but this is too much for us until you could do it on your own and so they wanted me to go to college so i went to camps mm-hmm. and training and saw plays and i was always trying to be around it in 6th grade i took drama in 7th grade i took drama we had a drama program in middle school which is weird yes. but we did and then i took i was drama club president in high school and then i went to florida school of the arts and majored double majored in yes. acting and musical theater okay oh. Our fellow
0: um, high school drama club presidents woo woo you know, we she yes. said
1: I'm a trained thespian. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: when did you start acting on screen? Besides um, your commercial, I, uh, besides your, you know, we uh huh. After after college, I did a couple of theater
2: things like tours and stuff, and then um, I booked my first movie, which was Larry Clark's *Bully*. I was um, in a production of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. the musical. And I had still not identified as gay yet and I had never been to a gay club, but there was a drag queen who was dating someone that was in my play. And she was like, come, I'll show, you've never been to a gay club, come with me. like," And really kind of just like showed me everything. And she had a Monday night talent competition. And it was kind of like this thing where she'd be at the club and she'd do her numbers and then she'd be like, who wants to win a hundred dollars? Who has a hidden talent? Like people didn't really prepare numbers. It was Florida. So people weren't like in New York and shit, it would be like a line out the door, you know, for Mm -hmm. people to do the numbers. But I was like, well, I'll just prepare numbers. So I started preparing numbers. And other people were just like, you know, sometimes at least to someone showing their butt, (laughs) but like, but it's like that kind of a thing. But if, but I, but I could win a hundred bucks and you know, so at the time, my rent was 400 bucks. So my motivation was like, hey, do the show every week. <laughs> yeah. And you've got your rent like, you know, so I was like, let's do this. Like That's um, dedication. I love that. And grind. I was out there one <laughs> and I was out there one night and I came in second, which was twenty five dollars in a bar tab. And then I went to the bar and I realized that they were I saw people that weren't from um, they weren't from Florida. Uh-huh. Like you could just tell. Like, they're not yeah. from your hometown kind of people. And I was like, what's going on, you know? But it turned out to be, like, Brad Renfro and Rachel Miner and all the stars uh-huh. of this movie, Bully. And the casting director was there, and she made a beeline for me, and she was like, "Would well, you want to audition? I'm like, I'm an equity actor. Uh-huh. I had already These been train. doing, like, musical, musicals and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're not. She's like, are you? And she's like, okay, here, come audition. So long story short, I auditioned for it, and I got the part. Like, um, and it was a true crime movie, and it was, like, a really – popular indie because it was his follow-up to the movie Kids and everybody was waiting for him to like make another movie like that and then I uh the producer of that took me to my next movie he cast me in his next movie and then I moved to New York and it was actually amazing because I'd always been kind Mm -hmm. of like a theater nerd or whatever and I had been through conversion therapy for a few years and I had um and I had done a lot of musical theater and things like that And then all of a sudden, I'm like a popular indie darling in downtown New York City. That's a big fucking mm -hmm. leap, you know? And so it was like, it was overwhelming a little bit. But all the velvet ropes were like, Mm -hmm. click, click, you know, Mm because I was in this movie. And I took advantage of it. I went crazy. Like, I had so much fun. And then, like, uh, you know, and then I met all the party people. And then I Mm -hmm. got in Party Monster. And like Party Monster, I knew the story yeah. of Michael Alley like, cause all of my friends were the club kids because I had been working as a bouncer at this point now. And I started working as like a, uh, club promoter in New York city. And I, and everybody told me this yeah. story a hundred times. And then now they're making the movie of the story of my friends' lives. So I was like, I've got to be in this. So I fought my way yes. into Party Monster. And what was that filming um, process like? My, it, it was awesome. Um the world well Randy and Fenton who yes. are World of Wonder who mm-hmm. like started World of Wonder this was they were like um, at the time they were like married and filming I and, know, and was directing was movie together married, it was like yeah. so was like Everybody, yeah, Theron was like in his I 20s and all these great people. From it's World of
0: Wonder. crazy. Like, you know, it's like World of Wonder Productions. I don't think people know how many other additional films and projects and things that they have done outside of Drag Race because they're obviously so well known for Drag Race. But yes, Party Monster is definitely one of them. And it's for me, it's interesting because. Well, being in Party
2: Monster was like a yeah. really big deal. Like when I got ca- when I got, I didn't even have a, that big of a part in Party Monster, but when I got cast in Party Monster, they listed my casting Ooh. in page six, and it was like, oh, like, and it was you know, and it was on my birthday. Oh my that god, they did that, yes. and I was like, oh my god, so many things are happening, you know, like, and it was only my second real movie. Like I had done another movie, but it wasn't. It was like smaller mm-hmm. indie Christian film,
0: like with Lacey <laughs> Chabert um, oh. called Hometown Legend.
2: <laughs> And um, uh, yeah, it was crazy because all of a sudden, like, that really started letting the velvet ropes open, you know? And I only have like two little parts in Party Monster. I play the announcer, and when they go to uh, Chicago, I put, the, who announces mm-hmm. them, the like, Manhattan's only club kids. Like, and then I'm the rat that describes the murder at the end in the costume with Seth Green. And I talk, I, I, I narrate the whole yes. what really happened yes. kind of thing. You know, um, and so those are two cool parts to have or whatever, yeah. but they're only two days. But I was on set every day and Theron and I were like bouncing around. I got to meet like all the other actors and get to know them and be a part I yes. was a part of the filming, you know, even. The, and it felt like family. And I had not, you know, I had been to conversion therapy and I had done all this stuff. And this was the first time that like I was I was in a setting where I was able to besides musical theater, really. But there is still some weird homophobia mm-hmm. in that area too, like but like but like um, this was a, a, a set where yeah. it was so cool to be gay and different, and no one questioned anything. Anything, no one questioned your gender or or, or your uh, who you were dating or just whatever. You were just being you and representing you, and it was such a fu- fun, comfortable environment. And after that had ended. Then I had really known everybody because all the that movie, all the extras are like everybody who's anyone in New York City was there. And the real people, the real club kids, I met everyone and I just I just love them. And, and, uh, you know, it all opened up for me in New York City. And then I just decided that, like, I had been doing all this indie stuff and I was like, when I get something that's major like mm-hmm. a big studio film i'm gonna move to la and so then when i got mean girls I moved so to
0: LA. you move did you move to la prior to filming mean girls or at you like did you get booked and you're like all right this is it let me pack up and and go or was it after you guys had finished filming that no that it was very that it was like this is
2: it let's pack up and go i had plans i was like i'm gonna get my equity card and then i'm going from yeah. florida to new york and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. get you know that was my plan but then uh so i did that and i got my, my equity my sag card I didn't expect my SAG card, but I got a movie too. So I was like, yes, right on, right on sketch, you know? And then, then when I went to my second movie, that movie hometown Mm -hmm. legend with Lisi Chabert, I talked to like a character actor there who knew a manager in New York who had set me up with them and I got signed with that management company. And so that was, so before I got to New York, Uh I had a major manager. I was like, yes. Like then I said, before any of this shit comes out, like, this is the, the last time that like I'm going to have my anonymity. This is the last time I'm going to like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if this works, because these movies are like all about to come out. I was like, I really have to like experience like what being gay is like mm-hmm. and going to gay places. I was like, and, and in addition to that, um, I was like, I want to book yeah. something else because I want to show that I'm not like a one hit wonder. If I book something before the thing, yeah, exactly. come out, then mm-hmm. that's, that's on me, you know? So I got a pilot and I flew to L.A. and I got to go to all the L.A. clubs and it was fun. And then um, I came back to New York and I went to all the New York clubs. And then when I booked Me Girls and I moved to L.A., I never went to a club in L.A. again, like for years until later. Oh. Like I was like, I'm on I'm on work. Oh, and wow. So it. how about
0: how many years was that that you were in work mode?
2: Well, I found, a, eventually found a long-term mm-hmm. relationships. I was in like three back-to-back long-term relationships, but that mm-hmm. kept me out of the club scene too. So basically it was like, yes. you know, like a decade that I didn't go to clubs.
0: And so, so, okay, well, obviously, you know, Mean Girls, really huge box office success, big cult following. Um, you also had a reoccurring role in HBO's Looking. What was your experience like um, working on Looking as well?
2: That was awesome because, you know, at some at the 10 year anniversary of Mean Girls, like mm-hmm. I had been out at this point. I had read this book called like o- Open Secret, which was just like where you don't say anything, but everybody knows. And I was a curator at World of Wonders Galleries. And that was another great outlet for me. Like I got to be at all of their like parties. And I that was queer enough like that. I didn't feel like. But I still wasn't being like authentically like myself. And then the, at, the, at the 10 year anniversary, I was already kind of like I didn't care anymore, mm-hmm. but nobody was asking and I wasn't going to go yeah. shout it or anything. But then I get this, but then I got this letter from one of my fans and he was like, um, look, I don't know if you're gay or not. And it doesn't matter. And I was like, oh my God, it matters so much that someone knows that, you know? And then it said, but he goes, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I was beat up for being chubby and tortured for being a sissy. And then your movie came out. And then in ninth grade, on my freshman year of high school, the popular senior girls walked up to me and said, you're like Damien, come sit with us.
1: Aww.
2: And he was like, thank you so much for giving me like something that I could look at and say that to yeah. me because I didn't have anything that people like, you know? And he goes, I know you changed my whole high school career. I was like bawling. And I was like, now I'm going to come out. And I, I, I came out and I wrote a whole letter. And so I didn't know how that was going to be received. Like, I was nervous. Am I going to lose jobs? I, that's what I've always been scared of. You know, I, I was fighting to get like I did. I spit in your grave. And, you know, I would never do a movie mm-hmm. like that again. Probably. I thought, you know, not that I did yeah. that same movie, but just a movie there. I was playing a, yeah. straight, a straight person. Like I was like, but, but what's it mm-hmm. worth? Like, you know. And, um, so I just was like, I'm gonna, I just need to be honest with myself. And I came out and then shortly after I like got looking, I they were already thinking about me. I oh, was already wow. a topic. And so, and so I was with my friend and she was like, Hey, are you watching looking? And I was like, Oh, they don't really have guys like me on that show. And she's like, why don't you be the guy yeah. like you on that show? And I was like, well, that doesn't, that's not how it works. She goes, well, why don't you write the casting director? And I was like, I was like, I don't know. And she's like, come on. she's a casting director. She's like, come on, she's like, let's manifest our yes. destiny, like, get with it. And I was like, all right, I'll think about it. You know, she's like, you're a bear man with a beard now. You're not mm-hmm. who you used to be like, you know, it's, it's a 10 year anniversary, like, let's show people who you are. And I was like, okay. And I said, let me just see who's casting it. And it was Carmen Cuba, the woman who wow. discovered me for bully in the club.
0: That's so my full my first circle. movie. Yeah. So I was like,
2: oh shit. I was like, <laughs> I can't talk to her. You know, and I was like, hey, Carmen, if you ever need a big bear, I love looking. And I sent her some pictures and she's like, actually, you never know. And they were having a conversation about bringing this character on. They wanted Uh a more cuddly character. And so and and she was like, what about Daniel Franzese? And they were like, great, period. And then I just did like a screen test and they took me to breakfast and like they were like, hey, we want you to play this character. and He's going to be HIV positive, but he's never going to get sick. He's going to be loved because Mm -hmm. of it, not even in spite of it. And we're going to make him flourish. And you're being chased by one of the big three leads. And you're going to dangle him on a flirt with everyone else.
0: I'm like,
2: like, oh my God, God. you know? And there's so many things. Shay, there's so many things, you guys, like seriously, that like any pain point that I've ever had in my life, anything that I was told that I couldn't do something because of, if I was told that I was like too fat or too Mm -hmm. gay or too whatever, like the reasons that I got celebrated, you know? and and it's like and it's amazing to find out that you're paid your pain point yeah your exactly point, you know and so and it just like I, like and you know they say you want to make god laugh yeah. make sense, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like who knew you know and it's like so here i am in this position where i'm then like it gave me so much courage playing eddie bear eddie bear was such a role i remember the day that it kind of like broke my heart open there's like an episode where we're watching a rugby game and i'm hanging out mm-hmm. with augustine who's the guy who i've been like seeing and I'm meeting his friends for the first time. And I and I'm like, hold on a second, what's your name to Russell Tovey? And I start flirting with Russell Tovey's character. I'm like, Danny will yeah, never <laughs> on a date, meeting the friends for the first time, start flirting with the guy yes. who thinks it's hot art because he's just always going for what's good for him. And it's just so interesting. Like, and he's doing it in a way that nobody cares and they like him about it. And I was like, oh yeah. shit, I could do that. Like, what's stopping me from doing that? And it let me become, it was the last thing that I needed playing that role was to come out of my shell in a way that I could wear whatever I want, do whatever I want and feel confident in myself, you know? And that's why I love acting because you like really like, like I think a true good actor gives a piece of themselves to every role and lets it go Uh sit in that character and you don't really get it back. Like Mm -hmm. you're giving it away, you know? And I think that it's like, um, like that's why I love doing things like that's why I'm very picky now now I do my own comedy I do my own stand-up I do my own things until the until things that I feel like I want to put a piece of myself in or come around
0: this this has been such a great conversation and it's just been so inspirational (laughs) watching you and hearing about the way that you have carved your own individual path just like you know absolutely and and not only And moments have you like really just kind of like set forth and manifested things for yourself. But there's also, you know, there's been this clear like theme where the things that you have like wanted to do have aligned in such a very specific and important way, showing you that that is exactly where you needed to be. And I think that those are always the conversations that I love to have on this podcast with our guests, because I feel like for our listeners, it's a really great um, inspirational message. So thank you so much for sharing.
2: Yeah, you know, I went after conversion therapy. I never lost God in my life. And I've always been someone who like prays and manifests and then believes and thinks that I can make things happen. And, you know, once I found out that, you know, I have this podcast, I, I told you about it, It's mm-hmm. called Yash Jesus. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Um And it's basically like we're like sex positive, we're funny. We do that because on it, I think about how I'm unequivocally Mm -hmm. able to be myself. I could be my slutty self. I could Mm -hmm. be my funny self. I could be like my witty self. I could be my, you know, um, my, uh, spidey self. And I know that God's going to love me no matter what it is that I do. And I think that once that was like the key to it, I, then I'm like, well, what do I want to do then? You know? And so I, I, I try to pursue and hone in on things that like literally fulfill me and bring me joy. Like, and I said, you know, I may not be the wealthiest guy in the room. I may not be the most decorated, or I may not have like the most gigs all the time, but I'll be the happiest and I'll never and be bored. That's on period. You know? That is on period. Yeah. So I just want to like, if I, as long as I'm entertained, I got a roof over my head and even like a little extra to help my family and friends sometimes, cause yeah. I'm very like that. Like, I love being that, like, I love like doing that. That gives me true yes. peace and happiness. Like when I listen to Biggie and Biggie says, like, mm-hmm. giving ends to my friends and yeah. it feels stupendous, like that hits yeah. me so hard. Like, I like that's the, I want to, I want to employ everyone. I want everyone to work. Yes. To well,
0: thank you so much for joining us today. Danny, did you have a good time?
2: I did. I had so much fun. Um, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Cool it's do. our
0: pleasure. Now, please tell all of our listeners where they can keep up with you online and where they can listen to your podcast. Yes, Jesus.
2: You can listen to Yash Jesus at yanshjesuspod.com or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find your awesome gay Christian <laughs> podcasts. Um, and you can find me at What's Up Danny on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, BlackPeopleMeet.com, JDate, Farmers Only, Venmo, Christian Mingle, Word. and Grinder. We
0: live. Thank you so much for the consistency. <laughs> it helps everyone out so much. And also thank... <laughs> oh, and TikTok. Yeah, I can't TikTok. forget TikTok, the number one search engine in the world right now. Yes. So thank you everyone for listening to another episode of want to be on top. And remember, if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to be on at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to want to be on top wherever you listen and make sure you rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains. Wanna, wanna be, be on, on top? top? With me, Shay Coulee.